Hey guys, welcome or welcome back to my podcast. And today I'll be interviewing Trang Nguyen.、Uh, she's Vietnamese and she currently lives in Hanoi, Vietnam. And I met her when I lived in Vietnam, so about seven or eight years ago. And she's been one of my closest friends since day one. And yeah. Trang, would you like to go and introduce yourself? Sure.、Uh, hi guys,、uh, my name is Trang.、Uh, Ling Nguyen, as Lily introduced myself as. Well, technically it's Nguyen Ling Chan because it's last name, middle name, first name.、Um, and、uh, I'm I'm 18, and I'm currently a senior at Eunice Hanoi, and I play the piano. You've lived in Vietnam your entire life, right? Yeah, yeah. And you've、All、been in.、Years. Wow, and you've been in. Uh, Eunice, the international school for your entire life as well. Yeah, like excluding the first three years of my life, but yeah, fifteen years. Wow, how does it feel to be at Eunice for such a long time? Like, how does it feel to be at the same school for you know like fifteen years? Well, it's like it's I I don't know. I guess it's tiring. <laughs> it's like you wake up and you go to the same place every single day. But like it's also, I guess it's familiar as well, because like I I've、mm. never had to be the kid to move around.、Mm. I've just had other people move to and away from me. me, away from me as in like they had to leave the country, not just、uh. away from me as in like they hated me. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like sort of like always had home field advantage in terms of meeting people. I guess like they had to introduce themselves to me, not the other way around. So you never had to experience like you know being the new kid in yeah know, schools. That's so yeah,、good. which is weird. Yeah, no, no, it's you think it's good, but then like also like when you think about like the fact that I'm heading to uni next year,、oh, yeah, out of nowhere I have to learn how to introduce myself. <laughs> good luck with that. No, you'll be fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. I yeah. <laughs> so living in Vietnam for your entire life, I'm sure, and you are Vietnamese, so I'm sure you know a lot about the country. What's like one thing you love about Vietnam that like you'd want everyone in the world to like you know understand and like share the love? Yeah,、uh, I think you know there's going to be a lot of debate about this, and it might be controversial, but like I think Vietnam has the best food, and that's like surface level、oh, yeah. cultural stuff. It's surface level cultural stuff, but like you know what I'm talking about. Vietnam has yeah, I love Vietnamese food. Yeah, Vietnam、Absolutely. has the best food for sure. Yeah, and it's not just pho. Okay, like I know everyone talks about pho, but like the pho that you're eating outside of Vietnam probably isn't even pho. It's probably like bún bò huế or bún chả or something like that. It's probably just some noodle thing that you call pho. It's not even real pho. Okay, so if you want real pho, you have to come to Hanoi to get real pho. Yes, and then. Yeah, we we have the best food, and like it's not there's never that much oil in it, so our food is like generally quite healthy. And actually, um, in eighth grade, in eighth grade, Lily and I did a project. We took a master chef class. Yeah. yeah, yeah, master chef, master chef class. It was called master chef. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was called. I forgot about that. It was called master chef. Yeah. So yeah, we all, we we know all about healthy food.、Uh, mm-hmm. Vietnam has the best food.、Um, Japanese food is also great, but Vietnam. Hey, no Japanese. Hey. No, yeah, I love Vietnamese food. Like, and yeah, as you said, they're very, very healthy. And I feel like, yeah, Vietnam is like, yeah, it's a great country. I miss living there. And you guys have like the best fruits too, and they're all pretty cheap because、oh, of、yeah. like the well, very warm weather. Yeah. Well, it's cheap. 
also because of inflation, like <laughs> economy. Yeah, that's true. How do you feel about like the weather of Vietnam or Hanoi? Um, not a big fan of the weather. Actually, I I know you like the weather because it's really yeah. warm and stuff, and you like. I love. But I yeah. can't hand- I can't handle it. It's so humid and hot and stinky. Yeah, but the winter's a bit cold, I guess. Cool. Oh yeah, no, I I I like I like Vietnamese winters. Like mm. they're not too cold. They're just like the right amount of cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now what's like something that you're like not necessarily proud of about your country, or like something you wish you could change about Vietnam? If there's anything. Um. Uh. Huh. Okay, that's a good question. I think there are. Well, I think in order to be a good citizen of a country, like you have to be able to reflect on the positives and the negatives of your country, right?、Mm-hmm. Um. And I think the largest negative about Vietnam is that you're not really allowed to speak of the negatives.、Um, yeah, like just getting a little, like dipping my toe into politics. Please don't get me in trouble with the Vietnamese government. But、um, just dipping my toe in there a little. It's、um, there are for the most part. If you don't get in the government's way, then you'll be okay.、Mm. But if you do get in the government's way, you might not be okay. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Which I think I think what people a lot of people don't understand though is that they hear single party state and they assume that it's bad, right? It's what they assume immediately that it's bad, and there are definitely bad aspects to it, like what I just said.、Um, but also, if you compare like Vietnam to the U.S., for example, the Vietnamese government gets a lot more done because there's less interference. Like、mm-hmm. while you were living in, like while you were living here, you weren't like afraid of getting shot at. Or, no, like, no, 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 nothing at all.、Right? Yeah, yeah, like exactly. It was like, like a really safe country, relatively. Yeah, yeah, it's really safe. Partly, like I don't want to give all credit to the the fact that it's a single party state, but partly because of the fact that it's a single party state,、mm-hmm. they're able to pass rules and regulations that don't get in the way. I guess so. Like it's more efficient. Single party states are efficient, but also they come with side effects. Do you experience those side effects living there, like on、uh, a day-to-day basis, or? No, no, I don't think so. I like I personally, you know, like none of what the Vietnamese government does gets in my way,、mm-hmm. and I don't try. I I try to get avoid getting in the Vietnamese government's way as well.、Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because like at this current point, the government is doing good things for. Its constituents, right? But hypothetically speaking, there might come a point in time where the power of the government government falls into the wrong person's hands, and we don't have have any measures protecting against that. So at this current point, like I like it's fine because the government is doing good, but we can't always assess the situation. So、mm. that's the issue. Yeah, that's that's something that I'm not too proud of, but it works for now. I see. So currently, like everything is okay. Yeah, currently everything is okay. Okay. Yeah. I think. No, that actually for relates me, to、yeah. the for you. Okay, that relates to the next question I was gonna ask you, which is like about the elections in、mm-hmm. Vietnam. Like under a single party state, like how do elections take place if there's any elections in the first place? Yeah. So there are elections just because at the very Core of it, we have to at least 
try to act like the people vote for the government, which, which, which in a way, in a way the people do, I think. So the issue with elections in Vietnam is that they're not well publicized. Mm. It's not like there's, there's no national election, which is why they're not well publicized. That means that constituents most often aren't really engaged in the political content which is another side effect of it being a single party state by the way um but what it is is like say you're in like a district of 10 people the 10 people in that district will vote for one person to represent that district mm-hmm. and then each representative of each district will vote for one person to represent the city as a whole and then the country might have 10 cities like this is a very re- reduced like explanation Mm. of it but like this country will have like 10 cities and each representative from the 10 cities will elect someone to represent them as a whole i guess and so it's like many many layers of that so there's no like there's not one person in absolute power who's chosen by the public the public only chooses like the next set of leaders who then like it it becomes like a sort of pyramid of power i Mm. think um, and then within like the people in power for the government, there are like four main people in power. To be quite honest, I'm not too sure what they do or how mm-hmm. their power structures differ from each other, but there are like four positions. There's like leader of the party, there's president, there's prime minister, there's another one. <laughs> oh, so I'm there's not, both? I don't know. Wait, you guys have both yeah. president and a prime minister. Yeah, and neither of oh. them are the most powerful people. It's a single party state. So the person with the most power is the leader of the party. So it's not the president or the prime minister. But power, oh. I think, is distributed mm. between them. I'm not too sure. I see. How old do you have to be to be able to vote for those leaders of like, you know, the districts that you were talking about? I think 18. Oh, so you can vote. Yeah, I think election cycles happen like once every few years, though. So I'm Mm. not too sure. Yeah. I see. I feel like it's like commonly believed that people that work for the government or like are related to the people from like the higher positions of the government tend to be like very, very rich and like wealthy in Vietnam. Do you feel like that's true as to like what you know about like the wealth distribution are you trying to get me in trouble are you trying to get me in trouble lily are you trying to get me in trouble if you can't answer it's fine but i just wanted yeah um, (laughs) i mean i think no i mean i think our like our leaders are very aware of corruption i think like it's corruption is something that is well broadcasted in vietnam and our leaders are very aware of corruption and the what has been broadcasted to the public is that the leader of the party has been um, making a lot of concerted efforts to sort of eradicate corruption, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess in a way it, it does mean that like a lot of top public officials do own a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. I think just by by virtue of having more power, there, there it, it comes with a lot as well. Um, mm. But we are working to solve those issues, I must say. Yes. 
yeah so yeah speaking of like you know like the economy and stuff i feel like vietnam is such like a rapidly developing country like even when i lived there i swear like there were so many new buildings and infrastructures that were built and like the city is like i feel like yeah vietnam is one of the countries in the world that is like the most rapidly developing and yeah do you think that's really how do you say like do you sense that economic development living in vietnam like over the past 18 years of your life um yeah i think i think we are one of the largest growing economies in the world for sure like that's like a factually accurate mm. statement i also think that a large part of the growing economic uh, of, of the economic growth is because we have because our economic system has switched to being capitalist and i'm not saying that that's a good thing because it also means that the wealth disparity is increasing um i think like in urban centers we are definitely developing at a very rapid pace but that also means that um rural areas of vietnam are being left behind mm-hmm. um because in the in the race for economic development uh people like the focus isn't on developing people it's on developing the economy mm-hmm. um yeah and i think it was most apparent during covid as well which w- um when the government reopened a lot of sectors uh when the government reopened a lot of economic sectors for fear of like falling behind other countries um even though it was very apparent that like doing so would put people at risk at, at health risk mm. so yeah i mean like yeah vietnam is factually a one one of the largest emerging economies but i also don't think that that's necessarily um a 100% positive thing mm, i see So there is that like how do you say tendency of like the country prioritizing urban areas for development rather than like you know considering the whole country. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, so going back to what you said previously about like what you wanted to change about Vietnam, do you feel like there's like a restriction on freedom of speech in the media or public discussions or like anything as like a single party nation? Um uh there's a very interesting website. I think it's called mm-hmm. like journalists in prison or something. There's a, there's a website that tracks the number of journalists who have been imprisoned by like by country. Mhm. Um oh it's it's called rss.org reporters without borders mm-hmm. uh this website mm-hmm. tracks like the number of journalists put into jail um mm-hmm. and i think it's interesting. uh it's it, when you look up the statistics for vietnam you'll find that um there is a restriction on freedom of speech um just because again what i said earlier is that um when there are people opposing the the party and the party's agendas it restricts the party's efficiency in carrying out those agendas so there definitely mm. is a restriction on freedom of speech um yeah uh it, it doesn't align with the purpose of being a single party um 
what you'll find also though is that a lot of the time the the journalists jailed in Vietnam are journalists who um, are covering just the fact that mm. there is restriction on freedom of speech like it's covering that very specific aspect of Vietnamese policies it might they also might be covering like corruption and stuff so mm-hmm. a lot of the restrictions put into place are to protect power are to protect those power dynamics that are in place um and to protect the legitimacy of the government mm-hmm. yeah would i change that i would change that i i i definitely would change that but also i don't think i would change it to the degree of freedom that exists in the US because mm-hmm. fox news is not I think yeah I think that's all I need to say Fox News. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely hard to balance this, you know, freedom and, you know, human rights cuz sometimes yeah, too much freedom can create like how do you say oppositions against like people of, of different opinions and yeah. Wait, so in Vietnam like but there is like access to like the internet and like what is going on around the world right cuz like oh, yeah, for example yeah, china like you know they restrict oh yeah oh yeah, we're not like, we're not the yeah exactly yeah. so like yeah yeah we're we're not that bad <laughs> yeah yeah we're not that bad um one of my uncles works at um like the center like of like i don't know what it's called internet oh yeah something but essentially like the place where he works at monitors what content people can or cannot oh, access uh-huh. in Vietnam um uh, to align with the party's agendas. Um so yeah. So the government the does about, have uh-huh. Yeah, so They the government do have does access. have like mm-hmm. yeah, things in place to restrict access to certain sites. Um but it's nowhere near as bad as China, I think. The mm-hmm. issue with freedom of speech though is that um like freedom of speech is all well and good only benefit the human pop- population once everyone is equipped with the proper tools to know how to think, to be able to think critically i think to be able to make well reasoned arguments otherwise freedom of speech like opens a lot of doors for um hatred and unsubstantiated mm. claims mm. definitely yeah. no yeah this website you showed you you just told us reporters without borders it's really interesting it has like this map of like press freedom index and like has like a lot of news covering the you know journalists around the world uh we miss frozy like my uh humanities teacher mm-hmm. introduced me to this back in 10th grade and she was like um when you're citing sources this is something that you should yeah take into consideration and all that i'll definitely keep that in mind <laughs> for my IB stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's But, good for mm-hmm. history students, it's good it's mm-hmm. good for politics students and all that. What about like the media as in like TVs and stuff? Like are there like a lot of like wide range of um how do you say like channels that cover programs? yeah, programs that cover oh. news and stuff or I think there's like one dominant Mm-hmm. news source which is the national news it's called VTV but mm-hmm. there are also like other uh, other news channels as well but i i'm pretty sure all of them are government mandated so mm. essentially people are still getting their information from one main channel 
I see. Do you think that young people in Vietnam are kind of like active about like what is going on in the country or like even internationally? Do you think they're politically active or not really? Not really, I think. I I think that's what I think. But also,、okay. we have to be aware of the fact that I've I've been in like an international school、mm. my whole life, so true, I'm not too aware of what like the Vietnamese student population、mm. feels.、Um, but based off of the people that I have interacted with, I I, I don't think that they're too invested、mm. um, in the government dealings. I think. I think if anything, they no. I don't want to. I don't want to do- delve too much into the politics of it all. But、mm-hmm. um, okay, essentially, Karl Marx has this theory. Karl Marx is like the father of communism, by the way.、Uh, Karl Marx has this theory that in order to achieve communism,、um, all countries have to pass through a capitalist state, like like a, a capitalist period, to understand、mm-hmm. wealth. Disparity and understand asymmetrical distribution and all that, but so I think that's the current stage that Vietnam is in right now. Is that we've tried communism, and communism hasn't worked because we did communism wrong, and so now everyone's like, be capitalist. But then I think eventually we'll enter the bad. Let's go back to communism, and、um, yeah, it's essentially we're in that stage of passing through capitalism.、Mm. Interesting. I see. So,、mm, as a history student,、um, I must ask this question.、Um, so, Vietnam has like the history of like colonization by the French, as well as the impact of the Cold War through the Vietnam War.、Um, do you feel like there's the lingering impacts of you know those historical、um, events that happened in the past?、Hmm. You know what? You know what? I think I think there definitely is, but it's never going to be obvious.、Um, like on a personal scale, my parents are old as hell, old old as heck. My parents actually experienced the war. Like they they were alive during the war, and not alive as in like they were babies during the war. Like they were like they, they were teenagers during the war, so they understand the effects. Of the war, they the war impacted、mm-hmm. them on certain、mm-hmm. levels, and so、mm-hmm. they never talked to me about it. But like you can see the way, like it it's definitely impacted their perception of the world. And because such a large pop- part of Vietnam of Vietnam's population、um, has experienced the war, that、mm-hmm. also impacts like how 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 they view、um, how they view life, right? Because because、um, essentially.、Yeah. Yeah, because Ho Chi Minh essentially saved us, right? And so Ho Chi Minh was essentially like the beacon of communism for us, and he essentially saved us, like saved us from losing the war. He was the genius mastermind behind it all. We love you,、um, and all that.、Um, so what? So so a lot of people are still very attached to that, I think, and so they glorify communism in their head.、Mm. Um, While simultaneously bashing, because they were very poor during that period as well, so I think there are, there are definitely lingering effects on a personal level,、um, and then on a larger scale, I think it's also impacted. That it's definitely impacted、um, just the way our government is structured. The the war had a lot of impact on that. See, a large part of why we were so communist. 
or that why we are so communist is because um, of our alliance to the Soviet Union during mm-hmm. the war, right? Mm-hmm. Because these capitalist countries were coming and invading us. So we relied on our Soviet besties um, to supply us with, like, to, to, to supply us with weapon and um, weaponry and all that to combat that. Um, I'm really not, like, a history student or a politics mm-hmm. student. I take psychology. So I'm really sorry if the stuff that I'm saying lacks depth, but um, no, you're what you're yeah. saying is like right on point. Yeah. So like, I think back during the war, affected by France's involvement in World War Two as well, because um, when we were colonized by France and France was fighting World War Two, we had to. Um, essentially invest all of our energy and um, all of our resources into supplying the French with whatever the hell they needed. So that was like cotton, that was, yeah, mainly cotton and like wheat and all that. And so because all of our resources were going into helping the French with their World War, with with fighting the Nazis in World War II, um, that um, contributed to the poverty in Vietnam. There was a period in the, in the 1940s, I think it was like around 1940 to 1945, where there was literally a hunger crisis mm-hmm. and children were like just dropping dead. Not children, everyone was just dropping dead in the middle of the streets because they didn't have food. I think if you Google hunger crisis Vietnam 1940-1945, you'll find some like really haunting images um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot that still impacts us today. Like, for example, my grandma will force feed me food just because they didn't have food back then. And that's like, mm. like feeding, like, like giving each other food is like a form of showing like that, that you care about each other, for example. Um, oh, and then there's all the stuff about ancient agent orange as well. I don't even know where to begin with agent orange, but like, yeah, it's, it's definitely it, it's it's a really big thing for us that gets swept under the rug a lot but mm-hmm. essentially the u.s dropped a bunch of gas bombs or something and, and it, it's like just affected a lot of uh, like a large portion of the population it's um and and there have not been any reparations made for it so yeah like no reparations the french did not make any reparations the u.s did not make any reparations um not to this so day. yeah not to this day so the war with france ended in like the 1940s like i think mm-hmm. it ended in 1945 the war with the u.s ended in 1975 mm-hmm. so it's all like it hasn't even been a hundred years you know so yeah. like at this current point we're still digging ourselves out of that i think yeah, I feel like when we focus on history, especially like World War II, we like we as in like the world mainly focus on like the whole war in Europe with like, you know, Nazi Germany and all that or like the US involvement and stuff. But like we really overlook like the impact that the war had on, you know, those countries that actually suffered like almost the same if not even more consequences of the war like especially like the colonies in asia and like vietnam as you said and like yeah like cold war as well we feel i feel like we forget like that these you know proxy wars that were fought in like vietnam 
because of like you know the US and the Soviets it's just like yeah and the fact that like the damage still exists to this day is insane yeah oh there's more I, i'm going to talk about like how how our alignment with soviet with the soviet union affects uh-huh. like our position on ukraine uh-huh. right now so um essentially our alignment with the soviet union in during world war 2 means that like in present day that means that we still have somewhat of like we're still we have still have to maintain somewhat of an alliance with Russia because that's like the majority of the Soviet Union right we still have to maintain somewhat of an alliance with Russia but because we're trying to assimilate with the rest of the world that means that we're also trying to we also have to like um you know make i don't know I don't, I don't know what it's called politically but like essentially we have to maintain connections with the rest of the world mm. the rest of the anti-russia world as well whatever but that means like for example with Ukraine that means that we can't really take a position one way or the other just because again one of the government's priorities is to develop the economy and we're so reliant on like the US mm. and 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 Europe for like to export goods and stuff but we're also very like reliant on Russia as well for oil for example mm. and so um and so what that means is that we can't we're not in a position to take to take a stance on the war what we said at the UN was that we believe war is bad but like but beyond beyond like wanting beyond calling for peace there's not much that we can do Yeah, just because of the nature of the, our relationships with other countries at this current point. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because, like, you know how like the U.S. is like imposing all these like restrictions on like oil, like and like exports and imports and stuff with Russia because they have like such a strong economy, and I guess they don't have to depend on like depend much on Russia. But like other countries, I feel like it's much harder when they're you know like exports and like economy is restricted. and like yeah it's hard to balance like this political how do you say like alliance and like stability with the economic stability of the country as you yeah. said see the thing is i don't even know what stance vietnam would take i don't even know if vietnam would mm-hmm. side with russia or with the us because like i i know where my family is siding i i know where my family who was alive during the war and was besties with the soviet i i know where they're siding you know so like i feel like i feel like if we were allowed to take a stance i feel like it wouldn't be the stance that the rest of the world would be taking mm. i'm not saying that's where i am i i mm. at, by the way like mm-hmm. <laughs> just like like that's yeah. not where i'm at yeah yeah but, obviously yeah but yeah it's just we're not in a position to take a stance and maybe that's mm. okay but it's definitely like something that history has impacted mm. that makes sense. What's like the relationship between Vietnam and the US like? I I can tell you what I wish it was like. You can, can tell I'll, me both. I'll tell you what I Okay. I think right now we have a I'm not sure to be honest, but like based on what I've seen on the news, our relationship is a friendly one. Mhm. Um and largely tied to um economic trade. Mm. Um what I wish it were like was that is that i i wish um the us would pay its reparations for mm. ruining our country 
yeah definitely yeah yeah i can't believe that it's like it's something that we learn in history class as like you know people that were born in like the 2000s but then like if you think about it as you said it's something that happened not even a hundred years ago like literally the like the vietnam war ended only like what 50 years ago or so so like i mean the war yeah the war with the u.s ended in 1975 so it hasn't even been 50 years yet yeah yeah it's crazy to think about. Okay, so for my next question was just like about any social issues that you want to address that is kind of like concerning Vietnam right now or like anything that's, you know, taking over the media if there's any. Taking over the media. Huh. Uh I COVID is no longer a hot topic. Oh yeah. I don't even know what is a hot topic anymore. What was the COVID situation like? What's the COVID situation like like right now? How are oh, the restrictions? It's, it's not. Like there is no COVID oh, yeah? situation now. Like I like the COVID isn't something that people think about now. It's not something oh. that the government brings up now, etc. Like in the media and all that. I will say that I think compared to the rest of the world, Vietnam handled COVID fairly well. Like we even mm. made a song to what? There was a there was like a COVID song to raise awareness <laughs> about COVID, like John Oliver, like, like John Oliver, like the dude in the U.S., like uh-huh. who has like a late night show had had uh-huh. a whole segment on the song. Oh, so like really? I think comparatively to the rest uh-huh. of the world, we handled COVID pretty well until mm. we jumped on the bandwagon of loosening those restrictions mm. and all that. Um. So yeah, I think like. Even if people were getting COVID at this point, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't be getting mm. tested for it unless they were like leaving the country or anything or something like that. But yeah. Do you guys still have to wear masks or no? Uh, we have to wear masks if we're using public buses. So interesting. That's it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, mm. no masks at school either. That's yeah. actually ahead of Japan because we still wear masks every single day. No, but that might be better. That actually really? might be better because, yeah, because, mm. like, especially with a school like Eunice, who knows where these kids are coming and going from? Like, That's you know? True. It's, it's like, yeah. Yeah. How, how was the whole whole covid like handling situation like in vietnam like i remember in like the early stages of covid like the restrictions were like really strict and yeah yeah. there was a lockdown yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a lockdown um for a few months i think there were a few lockdowns like in separate periods Mm. but they definitely tried to let us go out whenever we could See, another perk of having a single-party state is that, like, there are no arguments about lockdowns mm. if that's what's the if that's what's best for like the public's general health and safety. But um, oh god, it it really sounds like I'm coming onto your podcast to promote communist propaganda. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's I swear I'm... that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm trying to do. No, it's okay. You're just I, presenting diverse perspectives. Know that that's not what I'm trying to do. Uh, I think it's important to read about communists and understand what those ideals mean. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel you because, like, I feel like, especially like the West, like, like the world views communism to be like such like this evil creature that's like you know taking over the world or whatever. But well, I guess that's like the era of the Cold War. But 
yeah, I feel like people assume that communism equals bad and capitalism equals, you know, good, whatever. So, like, yeah. it's important to, like, But we're hear seeing that's not really the case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely seeing that it's not really the case that capitalism equals good, you know? Because, like, if you compare the safety of people in Vietnam versus the safety of people in the U.S., the epitome of capitalism, and you compare, like, social security of people living in Vietnam versus people living in the U.S., and you compare healthcare of Vietnam versus the U.S., country is really better here. No, yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from, because, like, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, like, compare, you know, like, the differences between countries, and, like, it's, it's hard to label you know, certain ideals, ideologies being good and bad and stuff, because it's hard to achieve perfection when it comes to ruling the country. And yeah, there's definitely many difficulties that come with each country's and their respective social issues. So true. Yeah, I mean, speaking of social issues, I wrote my mm-hmm. extended essay on like, oh, yeah? um, on like the changing perception of the queer community in Vietnam. Oh yeah. yeah. Because yeah so like in the 2000s like there was a long period of propaganda in vietnam in the early 20th century um where it was like gay bad because of the aids pandemic as well so like gay people were really demonized back then Mm -hmm. but recently like just last year like just august of last year vietnam passed a law making it illegal making like any form of conversion therapy illegal so like Essentially, we're slowly taking steps to make it more welcoming for the gay community. And here is another point of comparison for uh, your American listeners. Um, Conversion therapy is now illegal in Vietnam. Conversion therapy is still legal in at least 20 of your states, in in at least 20 states in the U.S. So... Interesting point of comparison. Once again, um, honestly, Vietnam might be ahead of like Japan when it comes to like the whole, you know, um, LGBTQ rights and stuff. Because Japan is so behind on this. Like, our prime minister literally recently like made like a really bad comment on like the LGBTQ community and like how like our like legal same sex marriage still isn't legalized in Japan, which is really bad because we're one of we're supposedly one of the most like developed countries and we should be you know promoting these like equal rights to everyone yet japan is yet japan is so behind when it comes to like these ideological things like it's like we're still stuck in the 1900s literally like i know but i i think vietnam is also really conservative in that sense as well yeah i think it's just also with like our younger generation because of access to the internet and all that um it's like made us more aware i guess and Mm. normalized a lot of different things so um you know progress is being made slowly but like but it's still there so what else did you find about vietnam in your ee process i found like that just just because just due to the fact that there aren't that many laws written up about it about the queer community um it means that there's a lot there's still no legal recognition of Mm. it so the awareness of it is still relatively low and whatever awareness there is it's either extremely conservative amongst the older generation or fairly progressive amongst the younger ones 
but um until there's like legal recognition of um the queer community either through laws like legalizing same-sex marriage or through laws about like um oh actually vietnam is fairly progressive when it comes to like uh trans people yeah really? we've been yeah it's it's weird because like a lot of countries are like progressive when it comes to gay and uh gay mm. and lesbians and bisexual people right vietnam is much more progressive with trans people than they are with the rest of the queer community which i think is really interesting i think i yeah it's i i i'm not saying one's better than the other but i think mm. it's interesting just That's because true. it's not something that you hear a lot about in the media mm. yeah definitely yeah i didn't know about that yeah yeah is there anything else you want to add on regarding social issues socio-political issues or just anything about vietnam like i, I mean like i i guess i think we try to in terms of tourism there's a lot that's marketed that makes us look like an or like it, it's sort of like an orientalist fantasy sometimes like like every every single tourist site is so like oh look at all this nature and look at all these people rowing boats and you know what i think conserving like preserving culture is very important um but also i also need people to not fetishize um eastern cultures mm. and i think just to gain a deeper sense of awareness i think um about various layers of any given culture not just vietnam i think yeah just like any given culture yeah, yeah. no that's so true because i feel like vietnam especially like recently it's been really growing in popularity in terms of tourism like like a lot of people visit there and i feel like many people know about like the surface level you know cultures of vietnam like pho but then like people's knowledge stops at pho it doesn't really extend yeah. beyond the pho so yeah it's i feel like i i definitely agree with you it's important to learn about different countries and cultures not just you know the surface level knowledge i mean it's definitely easier said than done because like it's hard to have the privilege of like going to all the countries and or like living in all these different countries but yeah yeah i agree for sure yeah speaking of tourism though what's like one tourist site that you would recommend for anyone visiting vietnam or hanoi or yeah um I don't want to like do any of like the the cliche ones like Ha Long oh, yeah. or like 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 Ha Long or like Old Quarter. If you come to Vietnam, find like street food, and not street food in the Old Quarter or street food in an area marketed as street food. <laughs> street food, as in just like any restaurant that you find on the street, like a real like, street food. Like if you see a. Yeah, yeah, like real street food. Like like if 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 you see a restaurant with a lot of loud uncles sitting around screaming and drinking beer, go in there. Experience that. That's Vietnamese. Definitely. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. I think that's a great way to close this podcast. <laughs> Advertising <laughs> Vietnam and the street food. Yum. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you, Chang, for joining with me today and telling us a lot about 
the insights into Vietnamese, you know, culture and socio-political state. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Okay. And as always, thank you guys for listening this far, and I hope you come back for the next episode.